0: You are listening to a mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Aprajita, and you are listening to Why Not Mint Money podcast. Today, I have with me Melvin Joseph, a fee only registered investment advisor and founder of FinWin Financial Planners. Melvin started his fee only financial advisory in 2010, much before RIA regulations came in. He has interesting things to talk about his own journey, his clients and what is needed to push fee-only advisory in India. So let's begin. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Tell us your journey uh, before beginning an RIA. So before having this RIA license, what were you doing and how did you first uh, learn about being RIA regulations, et cetera, and how your journey as financial advisor started?
1: Actually, I was an employee of life insurance sector right from the college, I will say from the year 1989. So I worked with the LIC of India for almost 11 years. Then I worked for three private sector life insurance companies for the next 10 years, Kotak Life, Bajaj Alliance Life, and then with SBA Life. I started my career in the Clerical Cardinal ICI and slowly moved into the cadres. I was heading institutional Alliance Channel of SBA Life Insurance Company in their head office in Mumbai at the time of leaving corporate sector in 2010. I was not very comfortable with the way the industry was going because it was full of miscellaneous. clients were taken for a ride. I was getting good salary, good incentive, companies were making good money. But at the end of the day, I realized whether it's a policy holder or an investor, they are taken for a ride. So I decided to get out of this sector and start something of my own. And that is how I started Finmin in the year 2010.
0: Issues, did you uh, find out that you thought when RIA regulations came? So what was it that drove you towards that? What was the trigger that you have to have an RIA license? And comparing it with previously, that how financial advisory landscape was before these regulations came in? And when you gone into details and what insights did you find out and what made you apply for RIA license?
1: Okay. So when I started my practice in 2010, there was no regulation at all in this sector. Anybody can call himself as an advisor. So insurance agents, mutual fund agents, all were calling them an advisor. But RIA regulation in 2013 was the first act to regulate advisory business in India. So even though I was practicing in 2010, as a fee-only financial planner, there is no valid license for me to practice like that because there is no regulation in India. So when SEBI came out with that regulation in 2013, I immediately applied for the license and I got my license because I was already into fee-only advisory model right from 2010. So this was given more credibility because it will help the clients also to understand, okay, this money is a severe registered investment advisor. And there is a distinction between a normal mutual fund agent or an insurance advisor and all those things, and a few only financial planner. SEBI so started calling them as RIA, registered investment advisor. So I got my RIA license in 2013. So that was the first step in the right direction by SEBI to regulate this business in India. But it has, of course, it has gone through different changes. 2020, there's some changes, but still there are a lot of loopholes in the system. But at least I will say this is one good step in the right direction.
0: Okay, so even before these uh, regulations came in, the uh, advisory model and fee-based financial planning, these things existed and uh, were there takers for this, as in paying money for financial advisory, Uh, did it exist before these regulations came in as well?
1: When I started in 2010, I don't think anybody was doing this model. Actually, I copied it from the Western countries because during my official life i visited many countries so i realized that this is coming in other countries so the fee only financial planning which is totally called fiduciary there is slowly coming to the other countries also so i thought let me go with the early bird advantage and i started that model so when i started this model i am not aware of anyone who is charging a flat fee without selling any products so i started that model right from the day one in 2010 without any distribution time so i was charging a flat fee nominal fee from the client and then offer a financial plan and the client can implement it, they can buy, purchase the products as per my recommendation. But at that time, this direct plan of mutual funds was not there. That has come only in 2013. So once the direct plan of mutual funds came, all my investors started investing only in the direct plans. So it has become more efficient and better for them because they don't pay any commission to mutual fund agents. They don't pay any commission to the insurance agents the way they purchase everything online Whether it is life insurance they purchase term plan online they purchase mutual fund online and a direct plan so this has really helped the clients to really benefit from the financial planning fee financial planning because the only money what they pay is the fee what they pay to me after mm-hmm. that they don't lose any money as commission And what made you confident
0: about it? Uh, Because uh, even now when you talk about when you speak to financial advisor, uh, sorry, when you speak to investors, then they don't want to pay for advisory fee. So what made you confident in 2010 in such a different landscape to go for it? Did you observe that? Yes, there are people who would be comfortable paying fee. See,
1: when we enter into a new sector, naturally we have to face the music, no? so I will say it is a pain in the beginning. I had done something similar in 2000 also. In 2000, I was a branch manager of LIC, even before the first year life insurance company got license in the private sector, I resigned my job as a branch manager and I joined the, uh, joined the private sector. So I taken that type of a risk in 2000 also. So in 2010 also, I sorry, 2010 I resigned my job and I started this. So I know we have to definitely take a calculated risk and when you are doing something which is something which nobody has done, then naturally there will be pain. I will say this way, when you are travelling through a road which is less travelled by others, it has its own pain, but it has its own thrill also. I really enjoyed the thrill and I benefited by that, the bitter experiences. But of course, I got energy from all those things and that has helped me in establishing a few early financial plans in India. So now the reputation what I have and the number of client base I have is amazing. I don't think anybody in India is having 1000 plus clients like what I have now.
0: That is a great number to have. And so tell us about your first client. Uh, how did you get your very first client, the so initial ones?
1: See, initial years was really very tough. So first to four years, I was living on my savings. So my fee collection was much lesser than the money what I was spending on this practice. By way of salary to the employee, office expenses and all those things. So I was living on my savings. Only from the fifth year, I became a revenue positive. And then there was no, looking back, I cleared all my accumulated losses and started multiplying my business like anything. But getting clients was very tough. I still remember, I think some of the people who worked with me earlier, they approached me just to know what Melvin is doing and they became my first clients. But when we started asking for more personal details like their investments and all those things, they just paid the fee and they wiped out. And I think it took almost four or five months for me to get a client. I think there's a doctor, if I remember correctly.
0: Okay. And uh, is he still, is he
1: or she still your client? Or so he he moved to Middle East and after four years, he again came back and became my client.
0: Okay, so he's still your client?
1: He's still my client. And uh, through that reference, I got a lot of clients in Middle East. So in the hospital where he's working in the Middle East, I think I have around 10 to 12 clients.
0: So all NRIs?
1: All NRIs, all NRIs. So I have good uh, client base in Middle East, where a mm-hmm. lot of NRIs are there. So um, name it any Emirates, I have a lot of clients there. So what i do is when i get a client in a particular organization i get reference from the same clients and actually establish the client base mm-hmm. if you ask me my client base out of this 1200 i have one third of my clients are mm-hmm. nris and one third is in bangalore that is the it software guys and balance one third is spread across all other uh, states in india that is how it goes
0: and would you like to talk about your favorite client do you have any your favorite client
1: I can name one Mr. Premjit if you ask me like that. There are a lot of favorite clients, but I will say the first favorite client is Mr. Premjit He contacted me from Bangalore, maybe in the first year of my practice, first or second year of my practice. And it took almost six months for him to join my service. He was asking a lot of questions, doing a lot of study and all those things. Then he became my client. I think in 2012 or something, he became my client. So more than 11 years now, he's my client. And He referred me many clients in Bangalore, Kerala and the Middle East. And now if you look at the client base I developed out of those references came from Premjit. I think it may be coming to around 50 clients now. Okay. And the and the beauty of the story is I have not seen him so far.
0: Okay, it's all everything online.
1: Yes, yes. And, and he's, my, he's yeah. my more than the client, he's my good friend. So now after that I have a good number of clients out of them, some of them become very personal. So they mm-hmm. will consult me even their personal matters. When they get the increment even before they share it with their family they will share it with me how much they can invest how much they can spend and all those things so it is is a fantastic way a role what i really play and i really enjoy what i'm doing for the last ten years
0: okay and um, uh, tell us about your journey from beginning 2010 then 13 license came in and then so far in last 10 12 15 years how things have panned out for you and simultaneously if you can also cover the challenges that you faced all through this journey when you speak to uh, investors then what sort of challenges did
1: you observe see after leaving a high paying job in 2010 at the age of 42 waiting for a client and collecting a small amount of the fee which was a challenge actually for the first four years so i was not having anyone in my office i was having an employee in the beginning but later uh, he moved to some other thing because i was unable to fund his salary he realized then i was not even having an office staff So, whereas sitting in a cabin and putting a bell for anything and everything in my earlier job i was sitting in a small office in nabi mumbai and going out even to the courier office to post a letter or uh, if you want to get a tea i have to go to the tea shop and have the tea so this was the way the life was changed from a corporate sector to an entrepreneur but anyway i was really enjoying it and when sitting in the office for the first four years without a client getting very few clients one or two in a month and then there's a lot of free time to do something but I utilized that time to write articles about the personal financial uh, subjects. So I think I will say in the first two or three years, I have written almost 100 articles and posted in my website. And slowly, slowly the social media started coming. So we can see uh, starting was Orkut, and then Facebook, then LinkedIn, and things started coming. I stopped with that. I never moved to Insta and all those things, because by the time I got enough clients and I started getting clients. And there are a lot of social media platforms and there are blogs coming and there's a blog, which is free FinCal, which has helped me a lot in establishing as a financial planner. And there's a Facebook group called uh, Asan Ideas of Wealth, <laughs> where there are around 1 lakh plus members now. So those forums helped me in establishing as a financial planner. But the journey was really tough, especially after leaving a good job. And when we are doing something really good for the clients and then not getting any income and living on our own income was really challenging. So if I remember correctly, 2-3 people who come to this line in 2010-11 and all, they wind up in the first 2-3 years and left, because they couldn't survive because of this low income in the initial years.
0: Holding back the growth of um, advisory in India, because I believe there are only just 1,300 odd advisors in India. So why advisory growth business is not that at a fast pace growing? Yeah.
1: So even what you're telling the number is $1,300, still a lot of people are leaving. So it is not creating net addition. What is happening now? Say so we come out of the modification in 2020, where now the entry-level qualification for an RIA has become a postgraduate qualification in finance or related topics. So anybody who become a, want to become an RIA, he should be a postgraduate in finance or finance-related topics, and he should have five years relevant work experience. And then he has to clear two-level exam of NISM. So this has become a very uh, tight regulated area. We are going to the old license charge. So even after all this difficulty, if I want to get a license and then he can handle only 150 clients. The moment he crosses the 150 client limit, he cannot continue as an individual advisor. He has to become a non-individual advisor. To get a non-individual license, he has to invest 50 lakhs into that business. Now you tell me, if I invest 50 lakhs into this business, how can i charge a low fee to the clients so what has happened now this has created a lot of entry barrier to the new client no uh, planners and this advisory model is not flourishing now what is happening mm-hmm. there are very few advisors who are ready to mm-hmm. offer this flat fee type of model like what i am doing so it is not good for the clients forget about the industry it's not good for the clients because they are not having many choices to select a good flat fee advisor in india so entry barrier has become very tough and mm-hmm. More and more people are not coming to this line actually we were holding hand holding lot of planners to come to this line before 2020 when this new rule came now all of them are backed out they are going back to their job or if at all if anybody is becoming a planner they don't charge a flat fee they are charging a percentage of the asset as a fee because then only they'll be able to generate a decent income from this 150 clients that is the situation now
0: correct and what is happening on this front because i believe um, these concerns may have been dictated to SEBI and is the regulator, is it looking into it or uh, the things are not moving at all?
1: See there are a lot of consultation paper came, but I think the other lobby is very strong. So in a country like India, where mis-selling is the order of the day, hmm. where banks are doing international mis-selling, I will say, and there's a lot of other advisors also doing all those things. Then SEBI have its own limitations to get into this and tightly control it. Even this 2020 modification was the result of some of the mis-selling which is started in this field also. So what happened now? Anybody can become an RIA. So RIA license is given as a generic name. So for example, a platform like Kuvera, which is uh, acting as a distributor for direct mutual funds, they are also getting RIA license. And an advisor who is practicing a fee-only planner like me, they are also getting RIA license. Somebody who is charging a percentage of the asset as a fee, they are also getting RIA license. Okay. I think so okay. we should uh, classify each category and should separate, give separate names so that an investor can identify the choice of planner we want okay. according to his budget, according to his requirements, and go for that. And okay. so we should seriously think of reducing the entry barrier, sorry, the criteria in the sense I don't think uh, postgraduate qualifications required for this field because mm-hmm. a graduate with a three years relevant experience can easily do that.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And okay. And more than that, it should be allowed to handle at least 500 clients. So in my case, I'm telling you, I'm handling 1200 clients. So translate, if I work for 300 days, it translates to four, four clients per day. I don't think it's a difficult thing for a person with one or two support staff. So an individual advisor without any support staff can easily manage 500 clients. If he's into a flat fee model and he's only into advisory, not into execution. So if the client want only that type of a service, he want a plan and he will do the implementation by himself, then RIAs can handle around 500 clients. That's what I personally feel.
0: And in that in case, actual, an yeah. individual RIA with uh, maybe a team of three or four people, that is how, because I believe SEBI doesn't want it because at individual level, people may not be able to handle so many clients and they yeah. might want RIA corporate license for people who want to handle more than 150 clients. So that exactly. is the logic that SEBI exactly. may have had in their mind. Exactly
1: exactly but 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 i feel if even if an individual advisor is giving only the financial plan and the execution mm-hmm. is done only by the client in mm-hmm. such case i think the planner can easily handle 400 to 500 clients because okay. execution is done by the client
0: mm-hmm. okay. okay and what other uh, changes are needed in uh, regulations are
1: regulations I think we should not insist on PG qualification with the five years relevant experience because I'm aware of many people who are from the related field, maybe working in the insurance sector and mm-hmm. working in the mutual fund distribution sector and all. They are not coming into this field because they don't have a postgraduate qualification. We can't expect anyone to get into a postgraduate qualification at the age of 50, 55 after working for so many years in this field. So that should be diluted. A graduate with three, three year relevant experience should be fine. This is what I personally feel. Another problem is not now. People like me now, I am 55, so I have to take an exam every three years. I have to clear the two levels of NISM exam. Okay, maybe at this age I may be able to do that. Maybe five years down the line, six, ten years down the line, it will become difficult. So, as and when the person becomes experienced, Mm -hmm. Western countries, they have a system of uh, continuous education points, CE points and all. Then we can renew the license. But in India now, we have to take that exam once in every three years. That has become very tough for senior advisors. Especially with the age factor and all, they have to spend a lot of time and all and take their exam once in three years. Those things are acting as a barrier to develop this business.
0: Okay, so RIAs need to clear these exams every three years, they have to sit yes. for these examinations. Because so far, yes, that sir. I know, in CFP at least, if we were to renew our licenses, then we only have to have that CPD uh, continuous development points. Yes those are the points that we have to collect and we can easily renew our licenses. It's not there in RAE. RAE need to sit for examinations and only then they can get uh, renewed their licenses. That is how it is.
1: Yes, I have done my CFP in 2010, but in 2020, when I applied for the non-individual license, at Mm -hmm. the time in India, they were not accepting, say, uh, CFP as a qualification for RIA. Then what I have done in 2020, during that peak of the Covid, I went and sit for that exam, NISM exam. Two mm-hmm. days with the mask control and I passed that exam. Now in 2023, this year, and I had to pass the exam again. So at the age of 55, now I had to take that uh, exam, level 1 and level 2 of the NISM exam. Now after three years again, I had to take that exam. I am aware of someone who is at the age of uh, 60, he finds it very difficult to take the exam at this age. But otherwise, he is very good in this profession. So those things are entry barrier. So they should also think of that uh, CE points like what we have in CFP instead Mm -hmm. of this NISM exam also.
0: Mm -hmm. Correct. And um, so discussions are on with the regulator. Uh, So RAE Association, have they reached out to regulator to look into the matter or where is it stuck? I believe no new announcement has happened on this front since 2020 after those renewed Regulations came in, no new announcement. So, what yes. is happening here? Any update on it?
1: No, no, I don't. I don't think any changes has happened after 2020. There is no change. in status quo is maintained because CB uh, is so still scared of uh, giving, making it liberal because of their bad experience earlier. Because there was, uh, there were a lot of mis happened even after within RIA's field. Mm-hmm. That is mainly because RIA license was given to people who are doing, giving this stock tips. So, they will give a lot of stock types uh, and then start getting a lot of money and all those things. A lot of unethical things happened, even people with the RIA license. That is how SEBI became very strict with this. So, they painted everyone with the same brush now. Anybody who is giving stock advisory, anybody giving only the genuine products as advisory and executing, those, all those groups they painted with the same brush and everybody is branded as RIA. So, they came with a very strict RIA regulations. Instead of that, what they would have done is, the stock advisor could have been made under a separate license, and the pure financial planning, especially the fee only model, could have been under a different model that would have definitely helped the clients.
0: Okay, and lastly, talking about uh, investors so, if we talk about a normal retail investor, a salary person who may only shell out about 10,000, 15,000 rupees a month uh, doing SIPs who can only spare this much amount of money. And if they were to pay a fee, so when you talk to them and then you tell them that this is the amount that you have to pay before we advise you what to do and what not to do. And then when they get to know about that, once they pay the fee, still execution is on their front. So all these things, these things get quite overwhelming for them. They want quick solutions. So what is your advice for them and how do you, when you speak to such people, then how do you convince them that they understand the importance of RAA? because they are the ones that they move to MFTs, move to distributors mode and end up paying much higher commission than they would normally do.
1: Yes, sir. I will say the clients are of three types. The first category, they don't bother about anything. They will not invest as they want. They will leave as if there is no tomorrow. They don't bother about anything. This is the first category. There are second category of clients who are too much doing in this. So, for example, I am aware of someone at the age of 35 created Excel sheet for the next 50 years, how his life should move. That is also too much. That is too much of all doing that's not required. But the people should be in between. So for example, they should identify their financial goals at the early part of the career and they should start investing in the right way at the right asset allocation. And they are the real beneficiaries of financial planning model, what we give. So in my case, I prefer that type of middle class clients who want that type of an advice. So what they need is two, three things only. They need to know how much life insurance they should buy. That is time insurance, I mean. They should know how much health insurance they should buy and from where to buy, which type of policy they should buy. Then how they should invest in a mix of mutual funds and debt products so that they can reach their goals comfortably with their proper asset allocation. So I cater to such segment of clients who are middle class to be frank, now I reduced my client intake and I am openly put a pop-up in my website. I don't take clients with more than 3 crore liquid assets and those are family income is more than 3 lakhs. So I am planning to streamline that further and from April on this, I am trying to reduce my number of clients. Especially, I want to cater to only the middle class clients who really need this type of service.
0: Okay, so you don't want to go for
1: larger ticket size? No.
0: Okay. I am very you- clear, I want to be a financial planner for the middle class. Okay, that is amazing. Okay. And
1: uh, any. apparently apparently I'm training some planners and definitely there will be some planners who will be offering this service even much lesser fee than what I'm charging. Now I'm charging 18,000 rupees plus GST now from a new client in the first year and 9,000 from second year. This is my fee structure. I not increased my fee this year, but I'm expecting some planners to come to this field in in a couple of months will be charging much lesser than this. And who will be mainly catering to the middle class segments. Some planners are getting ready for that.
0: Okay, so you do, do train people
1: to I was them. I was doing it in a big way before 2020 when this regulation was bit conducive. Now when the regulation has become strict, nobody's coming to this line with this 150 client criteria because they cannot run this business effectively. But still, some people are in the in the in the lookout. But the day Sevier relax that conditions and allow the people to have more clients and with the less educational qualification I think I will definitely get into that field of hand holding more planners and I will sure that I will try to help at least 50-100 to 100 people to come to establish this line in binary Basis so that is my dream.
0: Okay, and do you see it happening? The changes coming from... No, no. <laughs> Not in
1: no, New no, New no. Future. No. As of now, I have not seen any positive sign, but I think, I think it will happen. Slowly, slowly. Recently, I heard from someone that So we get to know about this fee-only planning model and they understand the merit of this case. And I think they are ready to give a hearing to this group of people. Otherwise, we are one among the other big group of planners who charge a fee plus a charge commission and all those things. So only advisory and nominal fee, that type of planners are very, very less in number. So we are not heard. But recently there was an attempt was made and we slowly coming to know this type of a group exists. I think we expect something favourable things to happen in this line also.
0: All right, You are really doing a great service to advisory business and since very beginning you have been doing it and you do have future planning as well, that that is how it should grow and training a younger generation. So that is really great and thank you so much for being this way and really thinking about middle class India that they should get into financial planning and they should get their finances right and having that financial awareness. So any last message, any last message would you like to say for listeners?
1: Sure, sure. If earning of money was my only motto, then I should have continued my corporate job in 2010. I would not have left that sector and get into this line. So I'm very sure I want to do something which is different and that should have made an impact into the middle class people. And that is why I'm striving. So in personal capacity, I'm raising up to 1200 families now. I may try to do it the other way through some other planets, and holding them, maybe if I can mold another 10 to 15 people like this in the next couple of years, they can also reach out to Thousand awesome Plus clients per head. That will make it definitely make an impact into the middle class. That's my dream now.
0: Okay, thank you so much, sir. Really nice talking to you. And it's in touch. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: This was a Mint production brought to you by H.T. Smartcast.
1: HT Smartcast.